Hey guys, Rachel here. So before we get started with the episode, um, obviously it is the end of January. Uh, literally, we only have a couple more days until the very end of the month and the first month of 2024, which is insanity. But obviously that means that a lot of us um, are getting ramped up for racing season to start. Um, or maybe not. It really depends on where you live. Um, but here, at least, a lot of us are getting ready. We've got one more, one more month left um, before we start racing season. And, you know, for some of us, that means starting from scratch. We might be moving to a different type of car. Or um, some of us, it's just, you know, getting our cars refreshed, rewrapped, whatever, for uh, the next season. But whatever the case may be, if you need parts, if you need to get rid of a car, if you need to buy a new car, whatever it may be, definitely check out racingjunk.com for all your racing needs. I mean, there's so many classifieds, it's unreal. Um, there's almost too much stuff on there that like you could literally just doom scroll for hours. Uh, so definitely check out racingjunk.com. Um, you can sign up for a free account, and they are the official classified for race wipe and filter. Welcome to Race Wife Unfiltered, hosted by your favorite bougie race wife, Rachel Thornhill. Every week, she shares stories of her life as a race wife and other women in motorsports, giving them a platform so their voices can be heard. Hey guys, welcome back to Race Wife Unfiltered. I am your host, Rachel Thornhill, and today we have a special guest with us. She is the founder of the Della Pena Foundation. So welcome, Michelle Della Pena. Hi, Michelle. Hi, Rachel. I'm so glad that you were able to take time out of your busy schedule to be able to be on here and share your story because... Um, you have an amazing story. It's, you know, it's definitely, um, especially the backstory of why you started your foundation. So, um, so yeah. So when it comes to racing, obviously I know, you know, a lot of people, if you have been in the IndyCar scene, know your background, but for people that are not aware of Michelle's background, definitely like tell us like how you got into motorsports in the first place. Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Um, I grew up in race in racing. My father was um, a race car driver and he immigrated to the United States from Argentina and he just wanted to be a race car driver. That was the only thing he wanted to do. Um, and so him and my mom moved to California and he started working as a mechanic um, and slowly but surely started, you know, saving up money and got enough you know, parts and sponsorship for some uh, Formula Ford car. And so he started racing in the mid to late seventies. And then in the eighties, I was born and I was the little baby at Sears Point, which is now Sonoma Raceway with the headphones on being wheeled from corner to corner as my mom was taking pictures and all of this. And um, so I grew up around the track. I absolutely love it. Um, eventually my dad stopped racing. He was 
um, you know, incredibly costly and time consuming. And so we took a little time off and did a few other things. And then um, in the late 80s, joined forces with um, with some other folks and started Delapena Motorsports um, and he became a team owner. So he got to know Jimmy Vassar, uh, Jimmy Vassar's dad, actually, Jimmy Vassar Sr. Um, through the kind of the car world in Northern California. And he was like, yeah, my son's in go-karting and he's kicking ass and I think you should take a look at him and he's gonna go pro. So anyway, one thing led to another and Jimmy spent a couple of seasons with my dad winning championships in Formula Atlantic before he went on to IndyCar. My dad hung out in Formula Atlantic for another couple of years um, and had a, several drivers, one including Richie Hearn. They won the championship. And then in 1995, he went to IndyCar which also happened to be the same year that they did the split. So it was IRL, right. uh, Indy Racing League, and Champ Car. So I'll save all of your listeners a very <laughs> long and convoluted history right. lesson. But um, my dad got into IndyCar, relocated the team um, to Indianapolis. So I spent a lot of time in Indianapolis and grew up around the 500. Um, it was just an amazing childhood to just travel all around. And um, I went off to college, did lots of other things, uh, moved to Los Angeles and had my kids. My dad passed away unexpectedly about four and a half years ago. And um, not not before leaving um, the, the go-karting bug with all of my children. And so I, in an effort to sort of kind of keep his legacy alive and deal with the grief, um, was at the track with my son and noticed that out of a grid of 20 kids, there were only two girls. And so I thought, I wonder why there weren't more girls karting in 20, this was about 2021. And um, it got me thinking that there just isn't a lot of exposure. And so um, I thought, you know, what a great way to honor my dad to have a scholarship for karting. And so one thing led to another, another um, as I started researching and diving in, and then the foundation was born. Yeah. And I, th I think that's amazing that you, that you took what you notice um, that there's not really many girls in carding and you are like, I'm going to be part of that solution, <laughs> you know, and, and help fund them to be able to, you know, to be able to raise. And also, um, you know, like you mentioned there, there are a lot of girls and young women that just don't know how to get into motorsports. You know, they, they didn't grow up around it. They didn't, you know, so they don't really know what you have to do to be able to get into it. Yeah. You know, I, 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 I've spent a long time sort of thinking about just that, you know, I, I was born into racing and I love it. It's my favorite sport, but if you zoom out a little bit, it's not a sport that you're going to play at school or at the rec right. center. You're probably not going to be doing it in your cul-de-sac with your neighbors. <laughs> um, and so it's a bit exclusive. It, you know, with all due respect is a bit of an old white man's club and typically money. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, it's a great sport and there's so many facets of it. It's not just driving. I mean, there is right. the driving component, but it's just so dynamic and there are so many opportunities um, for careers that, you know, if we can expose young women to all these possibilities, they don't have to be a driver. They don't right. even have to be an engineer. There are so many opportunities um, that abound. And so just being able to highlight that and show them a bit of an entry point that that's sort of, you know, that's the whole point. 
Yeah, no, and I agree. Um, yeah, because it's like you don't have to be a driver. Like, there's just so many things that you can do behind the scenes that, you know, um, a lot of women just are not aware of. You know, a lot of girls are not aware of, especially now with, like, the whole push for STEM. Like, I totally mm-hmm. understand why, you know, some would want to go the engineering route, but, you know, there's other things that can be done as well. You know, you can work for our team doing marketing or communications, or you can, you know, there's just so many different things now that you can do behind the scenes, or you can even be, you know, a reporter for motorsports. You can, yeah. So there's so much stuff you can do now. Absolutely. The broadcasting, the journalism, um, obviously there's development, design, engineering, Mm -hmm. there's mechanics, you know, they're really, if, if there's something you're interested in, chances are there might be a place in motorsports for right. you. So let's exactly. open up that door and demystify it for you and, you know, maybe make it a possibility. Yeah, definitely. And then, um, you know, and then also, you know, there's content creators like myself, you know, that are, that are doing things for motorsports, which you didn't really have a lot, you know. I mean, I know content creation is still a pretty new thing but um but definitely when it comes to motorsports you really don't have a ton of people that are doing it unless it's f1 related like outside of f1 you really don't have a lot of content creators you you're starting to have more now i mean you have some that have you know dived into like nascar but outside sure. of F1 and NASCAR, you really don't have a lot of content creators outside of that. And so I feel yeah. this is like a, a space that's still kind of unknown. And so like that is even like an option for people that, you know, might not want to work for somebody else. They might want to just yeah. work for themselves. You know, you could definitely do content creation because there's not a lot of us. Absolutely. <laughs> And there's so many different forms of motorsports, right. you know, and cultivating, you know, fans is there's a huge market for that, mm-hmm. you know, and highlighting all these different series and all these right. different type of racing, all the different type of cars. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's a it's a huge genre that is still largely untapped. Yeah, definitely. And um, and obviously with uh, with karting. Um, especially like I, and I've kind of noticed like in the U S um, it's really, it's not that saturated. Like there's not a ton of people that do like the carts. Um, it, you know, it's mainly like, I noticed like mainly international, like the UK and stuff, you have a lot more, you know, girls that do carting, but in the U S you just don't really see a lot of it. Um, and yeah, I, and there's definitely a need for change in in that area because yeah Yeah. we just don't and uh, well and it also depends on like where you live too because i know like here in louisiana where i'm at we only have one asphalt track uh, one road course that's it and so you know if you can't rate like and they don't race like all the time so other than that you have to travel outside of the state and obviously for some people they just don't have the resources to do that. So. Yeah, it's it's incredibly costly. Um, I, I'm in Southern California. I you know split my time between here and Northern California, but even still, there's only one uh, car track. You know, one in Northern and one in Southern, and wow. uh, with the exception of you know maybe here or there, they'll have special days. But 
there really is not a ton of access even here. There are some states, you know, in the Midwest that have a little bit more, but even still it's um, that the access to entry or the barrier to entry rather is still pretty high. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, I've just kind of noticed that between that and then also a lot of tracks um, just not sustaining. Like there's a lot of tracks that are closing. There's yes. all of that. Like, and it's been, you know, throughout multiple racing organizations. So it's not just like, it's not just one type of, you know, racing, uh, but I've noticed, especially on the dirt side, because like, that's what we race. Um, it, like, dirt tracks are closing everywhere yeah. um and but even so we've had we had um we did have like an asphalt oval here but that that shut down and so like just all these different tracks closing it is making it harder for a racing period like across yeah. the country to be you know sustainable and accessible to a lot of people because depending on where you live you might only have one track that you could possibly go to and that's it. that's right yeah, it becomes really hard really quickly. And, yeah. you know, usually the adults involved are like, give me something easy. I need a, an easy weekend <laughs> activity and racing is definitely not it. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it, yeah, it's just getting to that point where it's like, if you can't afford to travel, like you're going to be very limited on like how often you can race. Yes. Um, and for people that are trying to do this as a full-time career, you're yeah. going to have to go out of your way to travel if you want to be able to get the seat time to do it. Because other than Absolutely. that, you're just going to be racing maybe every other weekend if you're lucky. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's definitely getting to that point. And so, like, obviously, um, with what you're doing with the foundation, helping, you know, these young girls and women to be able to um, – you know, get started and then get sponsorships and things like that, you know, that helps a lot because, you know, now you pretty much, you really can't do it as a hobby anymore. Um, it, it's just too costly. You have to start actually getting sponsors. So. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if we can show that there is a market and an interest and we can, you know, help to, you know, grow that, then I think that's, that's also part of, you know, that that's part of our success, right? We were able to partner with Sonoma Raceway and they have a go-karting track as well. And so we were able to bring out um, a group of high school students and we gave them for, we had a couple of days with them last year and we were able to bring them out for a full day of instruction and karting. So they got to be in class and, you know, learn like, what's a line on a racetrack? Why do you follow it? How do you turn? When do you break? Uh, got them suited up and then we got them on the track. And this was really the, the first time most of them, I think some of them had done in, indoor karting, but most oh, okay. of them um, had ever been, you know, in, in a go-kart. And so the whole experience was really illuminating and, and the instructors talked about, you know, the engines and the braking and the suspension. And, you know, obviously it's a really bare bones cart, but, right. you know, you get to see up hand and really close how this works and the mechanics. And so, you know, that was um, a really wonderful experience for all the students and they really lit up and later on when we were sort of debriefing with them and talking to them about what they liked, what they didn't like, what they would change, you know, the, the getting in the cart, that experience 
is sort of life-changing. I mean, as you know, when you get to be in a car and you get to race and you get to sort of understand what the car is going to do and trust yourself and learn your limits and push and all of that, you know, that's a great metaphor for life, right? I mean, even if you're not going to become a race car driver, you know, the lessons that you learn, mm -hmm. you know, behind the wheel are really, you know, for life and how are you going to push yourself and move beyond your comfort and trust yourself right. and, and trust your instincts. And so, um, for me, just seeing the girls in the carts, whatever they do with that later on is, is, uh, almost irrelevant because just giving them that experience and, um, seeing them, you know, some of them were so trepidatious at first, they didn't want to go out. They'd never been in a car before. They'd never driven. They had no idea. And then by the end of it, you know, they're increasing their speed and, you know, shortening their lap time. And it's just incredible to watch that little light bulb go off. And so to be able to give them that, um, and, and also to what you were saying about how tracks are closing. I mean, I think racing in the United States has is at a bit of a crossroads right now. You know, we have F1, obviously, with Drive to Survive on, has been, you know, really gaining a lot of momentum. But F1 is almost unachievable for most people. It's hard to right. get a ticket. It's hard to get a seat. You know, exactly. it is. It's a full time business with a lot, billions and billions of dollars mm -hmm. involved. And so how do we start to recruit sort of that next generation of fans, of drivers, of mechanics? And if we're not dipping into the other half of the population, then we're certainly not going to get there and survive, you know? And so um, it's really great when, you know, your grandfather or your father was a race car driver or team owner. That's great. And you mm -hmm. stay in it. But that's not enough. We need to start right. bringing people who were not raised in this exactly. and start to cultivate their talent and passion and show them that there's a seat at the table for them. And so, you know, women are half of, um, more than half of, you know, the buying power in the United States, <laughs> right? So advertising dollars go a long way with women and right. moms. And, um, you know, so I think we need to start tapping into that and showing them that, you know, racing can have a bit of a resurgence here in the United States because there's great tracks. There's a long, long legacy of racing, all different types. Mm -hmm. And how do we make it relevant today? Right. Yeah. And I absolutely agree with you. You know, women in motorsports is just a huge untapped market that is not been, it has not been utilized correctly, I should say. Yeah. Because, I mean, you know, we've had women in, you know, in motorsports, but you just never have very many, like, especially on the larger scale, like F, yeah. like F1 and NASCAR and things like that. You just never really have enough women you might have like one or two at a time and that's about it and it, and you know that's not really setting an example for the women and young girls that want to get into motorsports because then it makes it seem like it's almost impossible that oh only Absolutely. one or two women are gonna make it like right you know it almost discourages them before they even get started and so i feel like you know that doesn't help. But obviously, I, I've noticed lately, even in NASCAR, we've had more women, which is yeah. great because we've never had that many women on in, in NASCAR ever. Like yeah. it's always been like one or two women at a time. And that's about it. But to have as many women as we do right now, this is a huge like this is a huge like push in the right direction. 
yes. but it's still it's still very limited because there's only about six. <laughs> right, right. right. Like, I mean, it is it, it's a wonderful start, and right. I do have to say that um, you know I have been impressed with NASCAR in general. I mean, there's you know mechanics and drivers and uh, engineers. I was really impressed at the number of females, but yeah, it's still not anywhere near where you know the numbers that it needs to be to be you know inclusive and 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 equal so um but i think we're we're moving in the right direction we just need to kind of keep fighting our way yeah definitely and um and obviously there's a lot of smaller organizations that have way more women in it in them compared to you know like f1 and nascar but even with f1 academy I love what they're doing, the fact that they have more women, but at the same time, I almost feel like it's forced because they're not really doing anything with these women after they win or, or anything. They're just kind of, they're just there, you know? And yeah. for me, I feel like they're not really giving them opportunities after F1 Academy. And that's what... Um, and then obviously, um, oh gosh, I can't even remember her name right now, but she did the testing with Aston Martin mm -hmm. and they gave her a desk job after yeah. that. And I'm like, what, that doesn't make sense. Like she had like extremely fast lap times, like yeah. you guys are raving about her, but then you stick her in a desk position. So, yeah, so that's like, it, it kind of seems very, it's very frustrating to see that because it's like, well, then what was the point of giving her a test drive? Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I feel that way about F1 Academy. I also feel that way about the W Series. I It, it is incredibly frustrating, these sort of like, at first blush, these efforts that look like they're really trying to advance right. quality and bring women, women of color into the fold. Mm -hmm. But then it also does seem a little bit, I think the intentions are probably, right. are, are, mm -hmm. I think it's well-intended, right. but then the, the support and the execution is, is in mm -hmm. there. I mean, the W series is, you know, one could argue was great. Some other people would say it was kind right. of a waste of time, but then they ended up not having any money. I mean, so mm -hmm. they couldn't even really compete. And so right. if the goal is to have it be, if the goal is to have F1, for example, look more like the world we live in, then we really need to take half the field uh, that's existing and start replacing that with people that look like the, the demographic, right? Right. Mm -hmm. And so one thing that is frustrating for me that I've heard is like, well, you know, they played the woman card. And you know, Danica Patrick, her whole career was like, well, she's playing the woman card. She's playing the woman card. It's like, well, but she's fast and she's competitive. And so she just also happens to be a woman. Right how many people have had rides because their parents or their family was really wealthy. So mm -hmm. they were able to buy them a seat. Were they the most competitive? No, no they just no. happened to have the sponsorship and they were mm -hmm. there at the right time and they were able to make a deal. I mean, you could argue several people in F1 have had that sort of situation, right? They're not the fastest and they're not the best, right. but they brought the money. Mm -hmm. And so then let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Let's, let's stop pretending to make it equal and let's just call it what it is that you're just paying for your seat and whoever the right. highest bidder is and you can get a seat. And then we can all just relax and be like, oh, well, let's, you know, we're not even pretending to have a quality. <laughs> we're not even pretending. Let's just stop bullshitting and be honest about right. it. Otherwise, if it's going to be about the talent mm -hmm. and it is going to be about diversifying it so it actually looks like the world that we live in, right. then let's do that because we know that women sell tickets. Oh yeah. We know that women, you know, can sell seats. We we know that. Mm -hmm. And so um and advertisers and marketing dollars it, it, it 
women can push that. So, right. you know, I think we need to really continue to challenge and push. And these initiatives are great, but mm -hmm. they are only so good as what they can produce afterward. Just doing right. a dog and pony show and saying, see, aren't you happy now? We have an all girls racing team. No, we're not because no one's in. I mean, IndyCar is my heart. And there's like, what, 25 cars? Not one of them is a female. I mean, give me a break. It's a joke. So, you know, why not? It's not because the talent isn't there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can't say that, well, men are better drivers. They're not. They're unequivocally not better drivers. Right. And there is nothing physically that being larger or more mm -hmm. muscular or stronger is going to help you with. Right. Females can be just as competitive. Exactly. And, and so it, it is frustrating and the, and it's, and it's nice that the initiatives are there, but what is the follow through and who is really moving the needle to make sure that these females actually have opportunity after they do this one season, you know, what, what yeah. comes after Cause if they do this one season and then they're sitting answering calls, at a desk, what's the point? Right. You know, unless that's what they want to do and mm -hmm. then that's what they choose to do and that's fine. But if they want to race and they want to race competitively, then we need to be doing a better job. Yeah, no, I agree. And yeah, it's really all about the support after it. It's like, if, you know, if you're not going to give any of these women actual F1 rides, then why are they here? <laughs> like, you know, cause I mean, because first, I mean, the first season, they didn't even have TV time. So no. it's like these sponsors, they weren't getting their return on investment anyway. That's right. And that's so right. to them, that that's a waste of time because it's yeah. like nobody's even seeing us on a car. Like the, right. the car is there, but there's no there's no broadcast. Right. So, yeah, it, it just seems like really awkward. And, and the thing is, they could have easily just even done a live stream on YouTube or Twitch. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, there's I mean, a million ways. Yeah. yeah. Like you didn't even have to pay for it. Like if you were so worried about money, you could have just had somebody live stream it on YouTube. Yeah. Cause I mean, that's what GT or GT world challenge does. They like, they live stream it on Twitch. Yeah. And it's like, you could have easily done that if you were worried about, you know, paying yeah. for somebody to do a broadcast, you could have easily done Twitch. And just there's there are several different streams to advertise to yeah. recoup dollars there there's a lot of different ways to get it out there and it does not need to be traditional broadcasting no. um and so you know advertisers broadcasters you know the powers that be they just need to do a better job because it's you know everybody at the top you know one thing we learned when we when we started this is you know obviously I had some really sympathetic people who loved my dad and, and, you know, grew up with me and they were able to, to take my calls and help me out and give me direction. And everybody at the top thinks this is a great idea. Oh, we need more women. This is great. Women of color. Yes, this is great. Yes, yes, yes. But then when you're like, okay, great. Well, so, uh, where's that check? Or are you going to be giving us the space or can we use this? You know, then it's like, oh, well, okay, well, we have this other organization we sponsor that, you know, and so everybody at the top wants this. They all say they want this, mm -hmm. which is great. So at least they're not saying they don't want it. But then what are they going to do to help organizations right. like us? I mean, we are the only organization that's focused on five to 17 year olds. There's a lot of kids. There's a lot of organizations that focuses on high school mm -hmm. and college. Um, but, but we focus on everything. So if you're into carding at five or six years old, we can support you with that. If you want to do a fellowship and learn more about engineering, we can put you in touch with those people. 
And so we are, you know, supporting what is essentially going to be the next generation right. of, you know, employees, essentially, of the mm -hmm. workforce. You know, you, if, if you don't have enough people vying to get into these positions, and you're not going to have an industry at all if you don't right. have people who can turn tires or who can build cars or mm -hmm. who can do the engineering, you're not going to, or people who drive, then you can't, you know, you're not going to have an industry. And so, you know, it's, it's just an interesting, you know, one thing I did notice that was really different in my dad's time is, mm -hmm. you know, now a lot of young drivers don't know anything about the cars, which is yeah. okay. It's just different. When my dad was coming up, he built the car because he was on no budget. And so, right. you know, him and my uncle and my mom, like they built the cars and then they were out there and then they raced the cars and then they came back in and they tweaked the cars. And so when he was a driver and then into team ownership, that was his mentality. He understood how to put the car together, how to take it apart. Mm -hmm. And now, you know, a lot of drivers are exceptional drivers, but they don't understand that, you know, that. And obviously there's more technology and the cars are so much more dynamic and right. complicated than they were, you know, 40 years ago. Right. But, you know, I've noticed that that's interesting that, uh, you know, a lot of drivers I've talked to said, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't, I couldn't tell you how to put the car together. I don't, I don't wow. know. They can race it and they can yeah. race it beautifully and they can tell you what's going on, what's happening with the grip and they, you know, all these things, but they don't know the ins and outs. And so... Mm -hmm someone has to right you know right you be able to have those experts who can all work together and collaborate so if you're not getting interest from people um who will go on to study this then you know you're not even going to have an industry so right exactly and and yeah and and it's like i i feel that that's where there's also there's a huge disconnect is that like we have to make sure that we keep motorsports sustainable for multiple generations to come like not just what's going on present like we have to make sure that you know that we get more of the younger generation involved and a lot of them are not and so we have to you know and and a lot of it has to do with social media because mm -hmm. gen z that in gen alpha that's what they grow up on like it's TikTok right. and all that stuff and it's like if you can't relate like make it make the sport relatable yeah then that we're not going to have another generation to keep motorsports going. Yeah, and, ab absolutely. Yeah. And I, and I noticed that, um, and we have that issue here, um, where like a lot of tracks and stuff, they just don't want to get with the times. They don't want to do anything with social media. They don't want to yeah. do anything. And it's like you, they're only depending on the people that are regulars. Yeah. And it's like, you can't do that because yeah. if you constantly do that, eventually those regulars go away because right. most of the regulars are Gen Xers and yeah. some elderly millennials, but that's about it. Most of yeah. them are not, you know, younger generation. So it's like, you can't depend on us forever because right. we eventually get to the point where we retire. Right, right, we're like, aging out, yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> and then you're not going to have anybody because it's like you know, because eventually most people are getting out the car in their well, some some will stay in it till they probably like they might die in a car. You sure, know sure, that's saying? their that's you their know, dream. Yeah. <laughs> because there's some that are still in their 70s and 80s that are still yep. driving cars, but they're very very rare. But other than that, most people are getting out of the car early forties, yeah. you know, and sometimes even a little bit earlier than that. Yeah. So if you don't have anybody 
younger than that that's even interested then yeah. you're not going to have a track because nobody's going to be coming and so yeah. yeah it's just kind of we're at that point where you've got to just get with the times and you've got yeah. to make you know social media a part of marketing yeah. to this younger generation because they're yeah. you know they're what's next and they're the next in line yeah it has to yeah. be relevant yeah yeah and i noticed it's a huge like thing they're like oh no that and then like streaming like they think that streaming races is a bad thing because right. oh it's just going to keep people at home no it's a totally different experience totally <laughs> like yeah when you go to a racetrack that's not the same as watching it at home no is it there's nothing like it but if people aren't able to access it somewhere then they're definitely not going to come to the track so right exactly <laughs> um and it's like you can actually use it to your advantage with streaming because you can show people what your track is like and the Absolutely. type of race that you guys put on. And it's like that converts people to coming. It doesn't Absolutely. actually make you lose people. It, no. It, yeah. It's just, it's just, it's more of an old school mm. mentality and they have to get out of that. Yeah. It's like, you know, not everybody's into racing, but you've got to convert some of those people yeah. that don't even know anything about racing. That's right. You have to make it inviting. You have to make it yeah. feel like people have a place. Otherwise, they're definitely not going to be a part. Exactly. Of it. You can't make it so ex like so exclusive. Like yeah. you got to yeah. make right. you got to make it where it's inclusive, and it's like Absolutely. right now you guys are still trying to make it like an all boys club, keeping yeah. it like together where it's like oh well we're not really going to tell people like we're just going to kind of just run this and it's yeah. just like if you've been coming forever you know right no, like you can't yeah. do that anymore it's not <laughs> a sustainable model anymore yeah no yeah it's just i think it's just like old ways like old habits because they've done it like that for so long sure, of course, they don't, yeah they don't think about you know how this is not a sustainable model like you said anymore yeah yeah so keep pushing <laughs> right exactly and i mean we're uh, like and honestly and that's what i love about doing this podcast talking to all the women that have come on so far like so many of us are all on the same page and we're all trying to you know better the sport by making you know more women and more you know more young girls like come into the sport no matter how it is like if even if it's behind the scenes um just like setting examples of like hey like you can do it because like we're yeah. doing it too um and you know even if it's not even actually being fully immersed in the sport behind the scenes even if you just want to be like a podcaster or a content creator but you're still Absolutely. contributing to mm -hmm. the sport in some way it's like all of us just trying to, you know, motivate more women and young girls to get into the sport in some way, um, I think is an amazing thing. And I think it's something that, you know, was needed a long time ago. But now with, you know, with the, with the way the internet is now compared yeah. to what it was 20 years yeah. ago or so, it's like, you know, we're actually using it to like really push a message and, you know, get that out there. And I think, you know, that's why we're like really seeing a lot of changes, a lot of really good changes. 
So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good platform. And when we can realize that we're not competing against each right. other, we're all just lifting each other up. And exactly, you know, that's that we're stronger together. So I yeah, I 100% agree. And Leanne, that's why, like, I'll even have other content creators on here. And I've had people ask me, they're like, why are you having other content creators that do exactly right. what you do on here? I'm like, because number one, that's still a woman in motorsports, no matter Absolutely. no matter what. And also, she has a different audience than I do. So the thing is, like, we don't touch like the same people all the time. You know, like there's people right. that listen to me that don't listen to her, and vice versa. And Absolutely. bringing both of our platforms together is better than going against each other. And, like I always say, collaboration over competition any day. Always. Always. And, and also that makes it seem that there's only room for there to be, you know, one female racing podcast, right? right I mean, exactly. it, it, you know, there, there's, you know, <laughs> there's like 25, you know, male IndyCar drivers, give or take, and nobody's saying, well, if there's another male that they're not going to like me, I mean, somehow there's plenty of room for there to be a plethora of men, but there's only right. one spot for a woman. That's it. There's only one spot for a driver, for a mechanic, for a podcaster, for content. There's only one. We can't have any more. Yeah. And I think that's, uh, frankly, to be honest, bullshit. So, you know, yeah, there's, you bring a different, you know, uh, point of view than someone else does. And right. I, you know, would listen to both because I like your point of view and I like their point of view. Right. Yeah. So, you know, I think this idea that the scarcity idea that there's only enough room for one female in the room. Um, I think we're starting to really dismantle that. So, yeah, yeah, we definitely are. And, and that's why, like, I, I love seeing it now that, Especially with NASCAR, because yeah, it used to be just one or two in the room. Sure, and that's it. And it's like now you've got you know quite a few women that are racing. You know, you've got yeah. Haley Deegan, you've got yep, you've got Natalie Decker, you've got Mandy Chick, you've got Amber, and you've got Tony. You yeah. know, like, and that's the most we've ever had at one time. Yeah, like yeah. we've and there's never plenty had of fans it. for all of them. There's yeah, you know, oh, yeah. absolutely, yeah, exactly, and then like even on the dirt side, like we're seeing a lot more women that are coming up in like the larger organizations that we didn't have before. And yeah. we still, we still have a long way to go on the dirt side because we haven't had a woman in the world of outlaws since 2000. Wow. Which is insane. And that yeah. was, um, Aaron Crockett, Evernham. Okay. She mm -hmm. was the last woman ever. Wow. And we have not had a woman since 2000. That's when yeah. she, that's when she left. Yeah. And I'm like, that's insanity. It's yeah. been, it's been, it's been almost 30 years. Yeah. Like that doesn't make sense that we yeah. do not have a woman in the world of outlaws still. Yeah. Yeah. Let's get moving. <laughs> yeah. It's like, and that's exactly what I said, you know, on a previous podcast. I'm like, the fact that it's been almost 30 years and we haven't had a woman and she was the only one, like we wow. haven't, we've only had one. Yeah. Um, I'm like that shows that even even on the dirt side there's work to be done Absolutely. because it's like if the world of outlaws is literally our nascar right and we've only had one woman and, and that was in 2000 yeah yeah and yeah like that makes no sense and so that really needs to change across mm -hmm. the country, you know and then like you said with indycar you know they're there's there's nobody there you know i mean 
you just had Catherine Lake that ran in the 500, but that's it. It was a one-off, one-off yeah. ride. Yeah, exactly. And that's all you've got. Um, yeah. And then obviously F1, there's no women. Um, yeah, yeah it, it's definitely something that needs to be fixed. But um, yeah, I mean, I do see where we'll, we'll get there. It's just going to take, it's just going to take time to. Yeah really get them on board and actually like bring a woman and, you know, bring a woman in. Um, so. Yeah. Slowly, but surely. I mean, we have, we have the pioneers that are there. I know, you know, Beth Preda has been an amazing Mm -hmm. supporter of ours since the beginning. She serves on our advisory council. She's honestly one of the smartest women I've ever met in my life. Um, and I know she's got big things coming and, you know, I just, there'll be a groundswell eventually. You know, yeah. I think everybody's ready for the times to, to catch up. So, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I definitely agree. And I have not had the chance to meet Beth, but she, but, um, but yeah, like, um, she definitely has done a lot for, yeah. you know, motorsports, her and Lynn St. James and stuff, oh, yeah. you know, with women in motorsports, North America, yep. the the initiatives that they're doing. Um, yeah, it's a wonderful yeah. platform to, um, you know, I, I was at the Women in Motorsports event in November and, oh. and I was and I in Arizona and then I was at it last year as well. And I mean, just the growth from one year to the next, it really shows you that there are a lot of women who love this sport. So, I mean, it was really encouraging. There was, I mean, women from all sorts of different sectors and, um, just really encouraging. So I, I, I expect nothing but, you know, growth and forward momentum. So, um, you know, it's a great sport. We love it and we're good at it. And so, and there's a place for us. So, you know, we just keep, keep moving forward every day. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. It's definitely, um, it's definitely growing. You know, there's a lot more women that are now getting involved that weren't involved in the past because, well, one thing they didn't know how to get involved. And now there's more <laughs> initiatives on for them to be able to get involved. Um, and I definitely have to say the U.S. has came a long way compared to what it was because, yes. you know, in the U.K., they've always had initiatives like that. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of them. But, you know, here stateside, we haven't really we just hadn't really had a lot of yeah. ways for you know, women to be able to be involved, but now, you know, with you and then with women in motorsports of America, you know, yeah. that definitely helps because, you know, a lot of, a lot of young girls and women just, you know, they just never really knew of the opportunities that were out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really gratifying to talk to the students that we serve and they'll say, you know, I didn't know this was a possibility or I'm, you know, started a mechanics, you know, group after school or, you know, just moving the needle little by little. And um, we had a group of girls in Indianapolis last year and we had them out for a three day event the weekend before the 500. And we took them to Main Street. We took them to the paddock. We took them all over Indianapolis. It was fantastic. But one of the components was we took them um, to a uh, go-karting facility and we gave them a half a day of go-karting. And one of the young women there had go-karted a bit. She'd done some, you know, some racing. Her family was um, involved and she had never been to this go-karting facility before. So she talked to the manager and said, 
you know, I'd love to work here. Is there, you know, an internship? Is there a possibility that I could work here on the weekends? You know, I know how to put these things together. I know how to, you know, help your, your kids. And, and so anyway, she, it's been a year. She's still working there. <laughs> she, she's still working there. She's a high school student. I think probably, I think she's a senior now and oh, okay. um, she's been working there for a year. And so it's oh, wow. just so, it's just so, you know, exciting that, um, you know, we are seeing it, you know, in real life, we're seeing the excitement and the light bulb go off and then, you know, seeing these girls actually have these opportunities. So just a small little tidbit of, of, you know, happiness there. Right. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, and you, you actually made it possible for them to be able to do this, you know, like some of these, some of these girls might've never had that opportunity if it wouldn't have been yeah. for your foundation. And so, you know, I, and I'm sure that makes you feel really good inside too, you know, knowing that, you know, that you've been able to help a lot of these, you know, young girls be able to, you know, either, either whether they keep up with it or not, right. the fact that they were able to get the opportunity when they might not have ever had the chance to, you know, um, because, you know, they didn't grow up around racing or they just didn't have the funds to do it yeah. or, or whatever the case may be, you know, you were able to give them, you know, that chance. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, um, I've been very lucky in my life and my father, you know, I'm an only child. So my dad mm -hmm. raised me as he would have a son and he, you know, thought I was obviously and always the smartest person in the room, which I was not, but he <laughs> believed in me beyond any shadow of a doubt and then always encouraged me to just go for it. Right. And so, um, you know, and he, he, you know, he never told me I couldn't do something because I was a girl. So I, I was really lucky to have someone who believed in me wholeheartedly. And so as a tribute to my dad, this, you know, this is all possible. And um, it just feels great to be able to, you know, leave a little bit of my dad's legacy, you know, every time we get to do an event or anytime I get to talk about it, it always, um, you know, always makes me feel really happy. Yeah. And, you know, and, and I know, yeah, your dad would be extremely proud of what you've done, Thank you. you know, cause Thank I mean, you. you're, you're doing something that, that needed to be done. You know, you saw that gap and, you know, you made, and you created that solution and yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, I'm sure he's extremely proud of you, you know, that you did something in the sport to like to keep things going and keep your family's, you know, name in the motorsport, you know, Thank industry you. in some way, you know, yeah, even I, though that doesn't mean you behind a wheel. Right. No. But, <laughs> but, yeah. but, you know, but you still did something in, you know, in this industry to keep your family's legacy going. So. Yeah, it's been a wonderful adventure, unexpected, but um, really gratifying. And, um, you know, like I said, I have three sons, so it's very <laughs> ironic that um, I have a female-focused foundation, but uh, I think it serves as a good example to them that, right. um, you know, you put the focus on the folks that need it, whatever, wherever that is. So I'm happy to be able yeah. to exemplify that to them. Yeah, and it and it also helps them be more of allies for the for young girls and women in motorsports because they see you know what you're doing and they follow yeah. by example. So absolutely, yeah, that's so, my hope. <laughs> right? Yeah, of course. I mean, we can only do so much when it comes to raising them, and then after that, they're kind of on their own. 
That's right. That's right. So I totally understand. I have two daughters myself. Amazing. Um, one of them, she's already out the house and at college. Oh and my then, gosh. Yeah. You survived. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the other one, you know, she's, um, she's going to be 16 this year. Amazing. And so, yeah. So I am like, oh, wow. Only got two years left with her. It flies. Like, yeah. It, it goes by so fast. I still can't believe it's been it's been 18 years since I've yeah. since I've had a kid. Yeah. You know, my same. first one. I'm like yeah. it doesn't make sense. It doesn't feel real. I know. Every mm -hmm. year I say the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it's it's just like it doesn't feel like 18 years went by that fast. No. It's, it's just it it feels like wait, it's really been 18 years. Yeah. It like, goes by in a blink. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because yeah, she'll be nineteen this year. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is insane. insane to me. I'm like, wow, wow. how is that yeah. possible? <laughs> yeah, I don't so, feel like older. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I don't feel that old. But right, yeah. right. Mm -hmm. oh, gosh, that's amazing. So it's like, wow, like I I raised a child that long. Yeah, but I had her when like I had I was pregnant with her at eighteen, wow. and then gave birth to her like I gave birth to her a couple months after I had just turned 19. Wow. So for me it's weird because it's like now she's the age that I was yeah. when I gave birth to her and yeah. it's like wow like I've kept a human alive like yeah. all that time. All this time I know. It's, <laughs> you know? it's a miracle really. <laughs> Oh, yeah. When when they were little, when they were toddlers, I'm like, yeah, I'm actually shocked that I kept the child alive because <laughs> totally. like they you know, yeah, toddlers are. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I'm like, I I don't know how I survived the the toddler stage. I really don't. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember those days. And yes, <laughs> you with boys. Oh gosh, yeah. Yes, it is a constant <laughs> exercise. In, right. Uh, stop beating up your brother. Stop. Why are you on top of your brother? Why are you in a chokehold? It's constant. There's just so it, much yeah, noise. It's like WWE in your home. All the time. <laughs> oh, they were like wrestling on the couch last night. I was like, what is happening here? Where am I? Is it down? Um, but, you know, also wouldn't have it done any other way. And like you said, it goes by in a flash. So in a few more years, it'll be quiet and I'll be wondering where it all went. So. Yeah. And then you end up being an empty nester and I'm like, yeah. And like now I kind of understand like what my parents went through. Yeah. Because it's like when they when like we all ended up leaving the house. I mean, in my my one of my younger sisters ended up going back home. So like now they're not empty nesters anymore. Aww. But but it's the fact that like they were empty nesters for a while and I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm starting to like feel like how they felt because yes. like I have a child that's already left home and then yeah. now I have one that's going to be leaving home in a couple years. years. Yeah. And I'm like, Oh, mm -hmm. now I know what this feels like. Yeah, <laughs> like, totally. Yeah. So oh it's, it's, it's definitely a different feeling. Um, especially with one of your kids leaving home. It's like, yeah. I'm like, you know, it's like, I mean, I talk to her pretty often, but it's just sure. the fact that she's not at home anymore. Yeah, like, it's got to be a weird, weird feeling. It is. It is. Because it's like, she doesn't live, like, she doesn't live very close. She lives about an hour away. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, I don't get to see her very often. And it's yeah. like, yeah. It, the it, whole dynamic changes. Yeah. It, it's really, it's weird. Like, so I pretty much just see her on holidays and it's like, <laughs> wow, like this is, 
this is different because it's like, yeah, she used to be in my house every day. Like right. I used to do. She's <laughs> like out in the world now. Yeah. 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 Like got a job and going yeah. to school and living her life. Yeah. 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 It, yeah. It's definitely, it's definitely a weird thing, but but I'm glad that, you know, she's, she's doing well and she's, yes, that's all we can hope for. Right. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. And yeah. It's, it's definitely a weird, a weird thing, but you know, I mean, to me, it's like, I'm glad that she's where she's at now. You yeah, know, for sure. she didn't do anything racing related. It's no big deal. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. like she I wasn't worried about path. it. Yeah. She picked her own path and, but my youngest daughter, that's a different thing. She's wanting to go, she wants, she's wanting to go into engineering. Yeah. Awesome. But obviously race car related. Yeah. Good for her. That's great. Yeah. So that's what she wants to do. That's what she has been talking about for quite some time. Good for her. There's some good programs. So, you know, by the time she's ready to apply, they'll probably be even more. So, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, she still has she still has quite a few, you know quite a few years. Yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, she's wanting to go to LSU for their for their engineering program. Awesome! Oh, good and, for her. And they have a really good one. And I know that like they've done stuff with F one. Um. So awesome. Um. So yeah. So she said that's kind of like what she's looking at. So great. Amazing. Yeah. I love this. I'm glad that she wanted to go the race car route. I had a feeling she would. At first, I thought she'd actually want to race a car because she's yeah. talked about it for a while. Sure. But then she, she's been like really interested in knowing like behind the scenes of like how the cars work. Like how, yeah, how you designed, put it together. All yeah. of that. Yeah. Because she, she'll sometimes like go out there with my husband and like want to like really pay attention to like. That's awesome. Always putting things together, things like that, and so yeah, I think that's kind of like why she chose that path. That's, that's like, great. She really likes that type of stuff. So. Yeah, it's a real. I mean, I do not have an engineering brain, but uh, <laughs> I, it's amazing to me the people that do it. They make it look real easy. So yeah, yeah. Um, I was actually um, in which I love that the high school that she goes to has a um they have like a robotics team nice and so they do like a lot of stem stuff and so like Great. she's wanting to do that um she can do it next year because like they only do it for sophomore like sophomores through mm. seniors they don't do it for ninth grade so she's wanting to do that next year. That's great. Um, and yeah, so I was like, oh, okay, well, that'll like literally give you a head start because then Absolutely. it'll give you, you know, it'll give you that hands-on experience. And then you can see if that's what you truly want to do because sure. you, you might change your mind. Yeah, um, you don't know until you actually get to play around with it and get your hands dirty, right. so to speak. So that's so. why she's wanting to do it because then that's she's right. then she can kind of make that decision before she actually gets to college and yeah. starts taking classes. Yeah, and not good just for her. Change majors like that. So yeah, that's great. Yeah, amazing, but, amazing. Yeah, so I'm I'm glad that you know she thought of that because it's like, hey, you know, that still gets you involved in racing, you know, in and it keeps you in racing because that's what she wants to do. You know, racing's been her life. I mean, because yes, they grew life. up at the racetrack, you yeah. know, with us. Because I mean, we've been doing this. Um, and my husband's been racing since he was eight, so like that <laughs> that was something that he's been doing forever, his whole life. Yeah. Oh yeah, his dad. Well, his dad used to run in, in ASCS okay. and like the World of Outlaws back in like the eighties and 
90s. So my husband was around sprint cars his whole life. His whole life. Yeah. Yeah. And so he raced the sprint car, but then the sprint cars died out here. Like (laughs) they didn't really race them anymore. And so we were having to travel way too much. And he was like, and at that time, the girls were toddlers. Yeah, it's hard. Me trying to deal with toddlers while we were traveling like that. I was like, look, we're going to have to do something else. Um, And so that's when um, we decided, you know, he actually took time off of racing um, for a little bit. And then the girls wanted to get into, um, they wanted to get into um, motocross for a little bit. Oh, very cool. (laughs) And so we did that for a little while. And, um, and then uh, they got they got tired of it, and so we ended up um, selling all of that, and then we bought a late model. Um, nice. And so he's been he's um, well, we did a modify for a second, but okay. that was like it, w- it was a bad idea. Like it wasn't okay. worth it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and then um, and then yeah, and then like now you know we have a late model, and he's been doing that for about well, I guess like about three years now. Very yeah. cool. And, um, but you can run them everywhere here. Yeah. So it just makes it right. so much easier. Cause yeah, like we just could not do the whole sprint car thing anymore. Yeah. It was traveling just traveling is hard. Yeah. Well, and then with the girls being so young at that time. I was yeah. Like, oh, traveling with a family with kids. I mean, it's a whole thing. So yeah. Like it's a lot. And I was like, look, I, I can't do this. I like, can't do it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're going to have to figure something else out. And so, yeah, now we've just been doing the late model and it, it's worked out really well that's great good for you but yeah and and i mean we've just always done it as a family and that's just something that we love to do but yeah you know it's a privilege it's something that you know not everybody's into and not a lot of people have access to and yeah yeah just being able to bridge that gap you know and having more people have that opportunity even if it's just at their local racetrack and they don't want to make a full-blown career out of it because i mean that's pretty much what we're doing like my husband doesn't plan on like making it this full-blown career you know because i mean now he's in his 40s and so it's just like it's just fun for him and we just do it as a family but you know even that like just on the grassroots level you know absolutely there's still not enough women and young girls doing it so yeah we have to start at the grassroots level so it's yeah. everybody can kind of rise up and, so. right Absolutely. exactly so yeah but i am so glad that you were able to come Thank on so oh yeah no you're welcome and i'm so glad that um we were able to talk about this because a lot of this stuff is things that need to be said you know yeah. i mean it's things that you know I'm sure there's people listening that have wanted to say this, but you know, it just doesn't get said because it's just, you know, some of this stuff is just kind of one ear, you know, out one ear and out the other, you know, yeah. in one ear and out the other. It's like, oh yeah, we need more women in sport, but you're not doing. What are you gonna anything. do about it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like you're not Absolutely. doing anything about it, and you yeah. know, your organization is obviously making that stride to put you know to put that in place to do something about it and yes people need to know about your organization and support it so you guys um i will definitely have all of the della pena you know foundations links and great thank you notes so you guys can definitely go support and definitely donate there is a way to donate from the website so definitely donate if you are able to because 
we need to support these types of initiatives. Thank you so world. much. Oh, Thank yeah, you. you're welcome. It was a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you so much. Yeah, it definitely was. And um, and I, I'm looking forward to everything that you guys end up doing, you know, this Thank year. Thank you. Thank you. All of it will be on our socials, on our website. So, um, you know, and we're easy to get a hold of. So if anybody has a question or they want to get involved or they, you know, they're going to be in Indy in May or whatever, you know, just, just reach out. We, uh, we get back to you pretty quickly. Hey guys. So I hope you enjoyed that episode with Michelle. Um, and as I mentioned in the episode that I will link all of the social media links for the Della Pena Foundation in the show notes. So definitely check that out and also their website. And if you feel called to, um, definitely donate to the foundation. You can do that directly from their website on the homepage. So you don't have to like click through a bunch of pages. You can actually just do it directly from the homepage. Um, and I would recommend that if you are able to, um, definitely do it. Michelle does such an amazing job with the foundation and being able to uh, provide another resource for uh, young girls that are wanting to get into motorsports. And obviously that is, you know, what we're here for. You know, we are major allies for all women in motorsports and especially young girls because they're the next generation. And so definitely um, make sure that you check that out. Um, and yeah, guys, so that is it for this episode. If you guys are loving the content that we're putting out every week, definitely share um, the episodes with a friend or, um, you know, anybody on social media. Also, um, make sure that you follow the podcast on whatever platform that you listen to. Um, we're on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, all different, all different platforms. And, um, and also, you can rate and review the podcast. Um, I know you can rate only on Spotify, but you can rate and review on Apple. And that definitely gets, you know, the podcast out there so other people can find out about it. So, um, so yeah, guys, that is it today so until um wednesday if you are a vip or thursday if you see this on social media um take care and go manifest your best lives okay bye